We are here today to discuss important lessons of our history. We cannot allow our traditions to be forgotten in the face of modernization. Our very culture is at risk. Film spotting. How did this get made? Pop culture happy hour. 70 millimeter. Movie podcasting is our way of life. And these are our pioneers. We cannot let them fade away. Somos real Latinos. Hola y bienvenidos a Latinos. My name is Ismael and I teach Garifuna to the children. This is Ron and he's learning about Satuye. ¿Qué pasó? And Guti isn't here with us today as he's on the run from selling community land. And we are Real Latinos, a podcast covering Latin American movies because nobody else will. Ron, we don't have our beloved Guti today, but um, uh, rest assured that he will be back with us uh, soon. Um, you know, uh, couldn't make it today. So uh, Guti, we miss you. And... We hope to have you back very soon. Um, so yeah, Ron, how you been, man? How's it going? Well, pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Uh, dude, I'm doing great. Um, not so great with uh, our journeys that we've been doing this year. We wanted to do a quick, <laughs> a quick update on the journeys that we've been doing. Um, so before we get into the movie, so today's movie we're talking about Garifuna in Peril, uh, Garifuna in Peligro, uh, a 2012 movie uh, from Honduras. So our first Honduran movie ron's pick um but before we get into the movie we're just going to talk about just a little just a little update 2023 update how we've been doing with the journey so if you listen to our 2022 review episode uh from last season we basically just talked about certain uh movie journeys that we wanted to do for 2023 and by journeys we mean you know a list of movies with some sort of theme that we wanted to catch up on or like uh like a challenge to do for yourself and i'll go ahead and get started um so unfortunately, I had the, the journey that I put upon myself to finish my physical media collection. And um, when I started off this journey, uh, I said that I was 75% of the way through with my media collection at the beginning of the year. Um, since, so it's been almost 365 days, and I am now at 77% of the movies that I, of the movies that I own. Um, I still need like 30 movies to, to watch. So, uh, yeah, not great. Not great for me spine here, uh, in terms of that journey. But another, uh, journey that I said that I was going to do was, uh, fill out my Latin American map. And wouldn't you know it with today's movie? Thank you, Ron, for choosing this under movie, because now, um, I did it. I made it. I made it all the way through all of Latin America. A round of applause, please. Round of, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And, um, you know, uh, I feel really proud of it. I'm really proud that we're, we're doing this podcast and uh, we, we can uh, really, really get ahead on, on the Latin American uh, movie map from Letterboxd. So, uh, yeah, those are my two journeys that I did this year. Unfortunately, again, I just keep on buying movies, too. I just, like I bought the Santo um, yeah. box set. It's like the first two movies he ever made. Um, I just got that recently. Uh, there's also like a box set of Mexico Macabro that I bought and it's not gotten here yet. So I haven't added it to my <laughs> list of the movies that I own yet, but rest assured I will be below 75% <laughs> by the end of the year, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, my journey is not so great, but Ron, my guy, a hundred years, a hundred movies. 
Yep. Tell us, how's that going? Yep. <laughs> um, you know, it could be better, but it could be worse. I'm, I'm more than 50% of the way through. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I still have plenty of time. Um, will I actually make it for a hundred movies? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm at 57 right now. So what the idea was, um, a hundred years, a hundred movies, um, 1923 to 2023. I was going to try and watch at least one movie from every year. I'm currently at 57 movies. Um, uh, part of it is like, I didn't really seek out, you know, Mm. like every now and then when I would add something to the list, I would be like, Oh, like I should, I should really start like, you know, like checking off movies from this decade or whatever. Um, it kind of became like more of a thing of, um, I would kind of just watch whatever. Right, um, right. And if it happened to, to fill a spot, same thing with, I was also doing a around the world in 80 movies, um, Ooh. journey at the same time, which same thing. I'm, I'm about, I'm just under 50% of the way through. I'm at 39 movies, which this wow. podcast, you know, um, <laughs> helps a lot with that as you kind of just illustrated. Um, you know, but you know, it's it, it kind of does uh speak to some things are easier to to find than others. You know, like yeah. if you're looking for movies from certain eras or um from certain places in the world, um you know, like sometimes they're 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 not that easy, and um you know, and there's only so much time in the day. That's the right. the one the one journey, and I don't know if it's good or bad that Guti's not here on this episode <laughs> because. Uh, way back on the 1st of January, the very first movie that I watched uh, this year, it was a movie called Rosemary, a uh, Canadian picture from 1936. And the reason that I watched it was because it has a very small part played by one James Stewart. Because my wife and I decided that this year we were going to watch all of Jimmy Stewart's movies. Um, so that was on the 1st of January. It is Currently, at the time of this recording, 7.03 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the 5th of December. And we have watched in total one Jimmy Stewart movie. Oh so <laughs> I, we just we tried uh, to go in order and we couldn't find the second movie and we kind of just forgot about it. <laughs> Um, and every like couple months we're like, we should get back on the Jimmy Stewart journey. Um, and now it's like, you know what? We might as well just watch it's a wonderful life before Christmas and call it right. a day. Yeah. And then you got uh, a whole two, you know, you doubled the output since, yeah. since, since January. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know what? Still like I, I watched, I didn't watch nearly as many movies this year as I did last year, but still I, uh, I am proud of the variety of, of, of films that I watched largely owing to a lot of our friends having podcasts and um, mm. watching really interesting things. So, but, uh, but enough about my failings. I want to hear from listeners. Like what, what journeys did listeners go on, whether yeah. they completed them or they failed miserably like I did. Oh, um, I want to know what, uh, um, what, or what if you're digging yourself uh, in a bigger doing. hole, just like I am with my uh, movie collection, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, make sure to send us an email over at realatinos at gmail.com. That's R E E L L A T I N O S at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about the journeys that you uh, were successful or were failures. Um, uh, not to call anyone out, but I know Nathan's going on a great Mexican movie journey and I'd love to hear an update. Um, I think he just hit like 150 movies. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah. He's, um, Watching more Mexican movies than any like than any movies that I watched this year. So, uh, doing doing the Lord's work, Nathan. But we'd love to hear about it, or we'd love to hear about any of the journeys that y'all are taking. Um, so yeah, that was a quick update. Um, speaking of hearing from other people, Ron, I think you you had a beautiful weekend uh, this weekend, right? Yeah, you, you, you met. I up did. With some speaking of, our, of journeys, yeah. Speaking, speaking of journeys, speaking yeah. of journeys. So, yeah. um, our our 
very, very good friend, Brandon, uh, who, uh, who lives in Iowa, um, is in the communities that we're in. He's, uh, rather famous for going on an Arnold Schwarzenegger journey Ooh, um, famous, earlier this year. Famous uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Watched, uh, not just, you know, I mean, there's, there's Terminator and, you know, and Commando and Predator and Kindergarten Cop, you know, the big ones, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Brandon wasn't going to stop there. He went and he watched everything that Arnold <laughs> had ever been in, including really obscure making of documentaries that there's only like five seconds of archival footage of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> in it. So um, anyway, really, really good dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, really, really good dude. Really good friend of ours. And he happened to make a trip down to Southern California this weekend um, to visit another dear friend of ours, Andy Stone. And so I met up with the two of them in uh, Los Angeles uh, on Sunday. We went, our initial plan was to go to the Academy Museum and we got there and realized that the Academy Museum was closed for an event. No. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's such a great museum. Uh, yeah, we just went a block uh, down the street and ate at an Italian restaurant and but still had a really nice time. Uh great dude. So, you know, yeah, I wanted to to shout them out. Um but uh you know, yeah, it's uh we you and I met in in an online movie loving community with we where we met Guti as well. And we um there's just, you know, there's a lot of great people uh, that, that we've come across through through our love of movies. So, um, and, you know, yeah, I had a blast with them and I look forward to uh, hopefully, you know, being able to meet a lot more. Man, that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment, Ron. Very jealous, very jealous that you got to go meet up with them. Uh, I, I will, I, I'm putting it on record right now, on wax, that uh, the next time villagers come over to uh, the Southern California, I will. And you hear me, I mark my words, I will try to go. <laughs> I will I will definitely do my bestest to get, to be able to go out with y'all. Um but you know life happens sometimes, but yeah. Uh man, I hung out with Andy, not hung out with Brandon, but um gosh, that must have been what a what a trio. You know, the boys, the boys out in the town, <laughs> you know, getting kicked out of the Academy Museum because it's not open. Gosh. <laughs> and what a moment. Anyways, so today we are talking about Garifuna in Peligro, uh, a Honduran film picked by our very own Ron Jimenez. And this is actually the final film uh, that like the final film for to cover all Latin American countries for Latinos. So we did it. We freaking did it. Um, I'm very proud of us. Uh, people thought we couldn't do it, but we did it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're and here. now we have no reason to go on. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> uh, going out with a bang <laughs> with, with, with this movie. Uh, Ron, thoughts on covering all of the all the countries, all the countries out there. I mean, it's it's exciting actually. To to be perfectly honest with you, like I'm, you know, I I I see that map and it's on. So for anyone that doesn't use Letterbox, if you use Letterbox when you log a movie from a different country. When you go on your stats page, that country will be highlighted in green. And so now, for Chris Guti and I, when we look on that map, basically all of South America and all of Central America is lit up bright green. And mm. um, and it's 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 cool. Like I um, I feel like it's an accomplishment personally. I mean, I know that it's just watching movies, but um, but you know, a big part of why we wanted to do this is because we wanted to um get to know, you know, like other cultures and, and, and heritages and, and things like that. And I, I genuinely feel like I have. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a real, real, real good feeling. Yeah, man. It feels great. And honestly, I didn't think that we were going to get here 
with uh, such little documentaries because most movies that are produced like in right. Central America, mm-hmm. South America, well, in Latin America, yeah, in Latin America, I should say, um, a lot of documentaries that come out yeah. here, a lot, of, a lot of really heavy documentaries. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, it's kind of hard, kind of hard to, um, kind of hard to get get those picks in. But we did it. The only documentary we had was uh, from our first season, Buena Vista Social Club, and uh, that was for Cuba. And even then, we had uh, memories of underdevelopment, memories of su desarrollo. So that's not a documentary. And uh, so, yeah, like if we were to even remove when I was the social club, we got no documentaries, um, quite a feat, quite a feat. And um, I mean, let, let's keep on let's keep on doing it. Let's keep on doing it, Ron. Um, I, but we'll see after this episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. How, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we're going to keep on going. But yeah, man, it feels great. It feels really good seeing all that green filled in. Woo-hoo. I mean, now I got to watch something from Guyana and Suriname and, yeah. <laughs> and from French Guyana. Just mm-hmm. so like all of South America's covered, you know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, all in the Falklands, on the Falkland Islands, lest we forget. But <laughs> um, anyways, <clears throat> uh, Margaret Thatcher. Let's continue. Let's continue with uh with our movie Garifuna and Peligro. So so usually here is when we move on over to the historical context, but unfortunately our resident historian Guti could not be with us today. So unfortunately we don't have a historical context for you, but um. You know, we we owe you one. Here's a, an official IOU uh, for, from Real Latinos for for an, uh, a historical context. All right, so I'm really sorry about that. So yeah, and so let's go on over to the synopsis for Garifuna and Peligro. Ron, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Ricardo is a Garifuna language teacher in Los Angeles. Concerned that younger generations, especially his son Elijah, have lost touch with their Garifuna roots, he searches for ways to keep the Garifuna language and culture alive. Ricardo starts a tourism business with his brother Miguel, who lives back home in Honduras, with the ultimate goal of building a Garifuna language school on their family's land. Unfortunately, Miguel is manipulated by employees of a local hotel into selling their family's land, and the school goes unbuilt. Elijah participates in a play celebrating the history of the Garifuna people. Ricardo's daughter Helena has a difficult time getting her boyfriend to take an HIV test for some reason. Miguel runs away, never to be seen or heard from again. And Ricardo goes back to Honduras to confront the hotel and the village elders. And honestly, it's not really clear if anything is resolved by the end of the movie. Wow, wow, wow. So many things that this is tackling. But does it do it well? Does it do it well? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk about it. Um, so but before we do, uh, Ron, have you seen any Honduran films before today or before today's episode? I I have not. Um, wow. And uh, as, as we discussed last time, um, the reason that we picked this movie was because it was literally the only thing <laughs> right. available that we could find uh, um, from Honduras. So um, I... Yeah, it's I I complain about it a lot on the show, but just we we need we need more movies, more variety of more movies mm-hmm. from more countries available to us in in the United States. So it's a know. shame if it's not yeah. from the U.S. or European, or for some reason Japanese, mm-hmm. <laughs> then then we're not going to be able to watch it. Um, uh, it's a shame. It's a dang shame. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get more 
more Honduran films up in here. I this is actually also my first Honduran film that I've seen. Um, at least that the from from what I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing, really, <laughs> that we, that that, uh, that this is uh, all of, all I've gotten to see. But you know what? Uh, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm doing my best, and uh, we're we're that's what we're doing here. We're putting in the work here here in Real Latino. So, uh, first first Honduran film for both of us. Uh, and the directors, this is like their first film each, I think. So, um, yeah, going into this pretty, pretty fresh. Now, um, at Real Latinos, we usually go over some major points. So one of the major points that I wanted to talk about is, and I talked about this right when, uh, you know, the synopsis ended, but I feel like there's too much that's being tackled here. Um, I think there's like some really incredible ideas that the movie's trying to get mm -hmm. at. Uh, but there's not really too much depth into any of these things. So I'm going to list off just a couple of them. So there's gentrification of communities. There's identity and language. There's brother dynamics. There's individualism versus collectivism and how it relates to your own culture. There's Garifuna cultural teachings. There's tourism takeovers. And for some reason, like HIV and like, uh, I'm just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, what? like I'm sure that, you know, the writer... Uh, well, it's actually the writer, director, star of this movie, uh, Ruben Reyes, who plays uh, Ricardo. He um, he directed and wrote this film as well, and starred in it. And so, like, I'm sure that he got real excited because I think in real life he is a uh, Garifuna language instructor. So he sees a lot of himself in this character. He see he has a lot to say, um, which is great. You have a lot of things to say about this, but unfortunately. I think he got a little bit too excited and didn't really get to execute on many of the ideas that are presented here. Um, at least to, uh, you know, at least to like a certain depth for it to be like much more impactful um, or like using some sort of filmmaking technique to make it more impactful, even though it's not explicitly touched on too much. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just, um, there's lots going on here. Like I think what gets messy too is like, they're trying to the writing's trying to get trying to follow too many too many directions it's got you know um it's got ricardo he's out you know trying to make this school in honduras for the garifuna people but he's also at home with his kids is trying to teach them garifuna and also his son specifically who doesn't know garifuna and he's he's like has his own journey in the movie and it just all kind of gets lost. Like his daughter is also, um, you know, from what it seems fluent in Garifuna. And, but her whole thing is that she's got a boyfriend, right. And like, mm -hmm. and the, how she navigates her, uh, relationship with her boyfriend. Um, not to, uh, you know, take up the whole conversation, but Ron, what do you think? Like, I, I feel like I'm, no, I, here. yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I mean, it's, it's not a long movie. It's only like 99 minutes, Yeah. but, um, but yes, it could, it, it was trying to do a lot there and there were a lot of, uh, good ideas. Um, but it had at least one too many subplots yeah. going on. Um, yeah. I, I particularly think that they could have completely lost the, the daughter and her and her boyfriend and his STI yeah. or, or, or yeah. whatever. I'm not really sure what that was like i'm sure like they were trying to say something there but 
it was kind of incongruous with like a lot of the rest of the themes that were going on yeah. in in the movie. Yeah. I wonder because I, I did read that this was supposed to be the first of a trilogy of oh. Getafuna films. So I wonder, I, I'm not sure what happened with that, but I wonder if like they ended up just having to condense everything into one movie, oh, um, which I see. Yeah. In, in, in my opinion does do it. Uh, if that is the case, it does do it a disservice. Um, Cause yeah, like uh, the idea of, of the play and teaching, you know, like the kids about, you know, like the, the history um, is a cool story unto itself. The yeah. um, the idea of the you know fighting with the uh, the hotel is a cool story in you know in mm-hmm. unto itself. Um, but yeah, I think it, throwing all that together um, maybe was was too much as or at least for for a first time screenwriter yeah. director or whatever. Um, that's the thing. Like, and I. You know, we talked a little bit about it last episode, but like, I, I appreciate that. You know, the people that made this—they don't have, you know, a big studio the backing them. Budgets, they don't, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it. This looks like it was shot on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I don't say that to mean to, to be disparaging, um, but just it it does, and like, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of like the projects that I did in high school. Mm. you know with like on video and like in a charming way like it, it was yeah. it was very in, endearing to me like um but um this is something that i think like like if someone bought the rights to it and like just took oh. the basic story and then like you know and put some money into it and like shot it professionally and had like a professional screenwriter do a pass yeah, yeah. there's like five editors credited on this oh, um gosh. and the editing was all over the place. At in, one in point, this. they had like the the boyfriend of the daughter. I forgot his name, but he's mm-hmm. like, they're like, oh, he wants to be a musician, and he goes Gabriel. to like a record. Oh, Gabriel, he goes to the recording mm-hmm. studio, records some music, and then it's totally inconsequential with right. anything that's going on. I'm yeah. like, dude, why is this here? You know, like it's yeah. Oh man, I man. did. Um, so I, you know, you saw I I watched. I watched it twice. And part of the reason why I watched it a second time. So I, I sometimes have a problem with when I watch, start a movie too late at night, especially if it's on a day that I worked, <laughs> I nod off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, I watched it again because I wasn't sure if I fell asleep or not because, because the movie ended the first time. I was like, okay, did I it's miss all something? In the days, man. Um, <laughs> Because they're like the character of Miguel, Ricardo's brother, he's a big part of the first half of the movie, and then he completely disappears from the narrative. Totally disappears. Um, yeah. And I kept expecting, like, you would think that the natural conclusion would be like a confrontation between the two brothers. And nope. nothing. He just nothing. never comes back. Not it's never all. it's never resolved <laughs> yeah. or, or anything. Yeah. All, Ric- um, all Ricardo says is like, oh, I'm not his father. I'm not I'm not in charge of him. The end. And that's it. Like nothing, yeah. nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, and even that, like there, um, there could be a lot of really interesting stuff about like, okay, this one, this dude was obviously played by this hotel company. Yeah. And then time. the conflict that it causes in the community and between the brothers and stuff that even if you just focus on that, like that could be a solid story, mm-hmm. you know, by itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I do think it bit off more than it could chew, but, um, again, I do give it a lot of leeway for, um, it being first time writer yeah. director first time actors and stuff um you could 
you could tell that um a lot of these people have never been in front of a camera before never. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> the one thing though like i was kind of into some of it though because like there was the one guy the um uh the dude that uh that Miguel had to sign the contract and the guy oh like, yeah that, that dude, guy like yeah. he was going he was hard man he was it. like yes <laughs> he was like yes i will be the mustache twirling villain in this movie like i bet <laughs> yeah. that guy's like an accountant in real life or whatever you know, know. he's like yeah like i'll, I'll do it um the same thing with like he was in it for like five minutes yeah <laughs> yeah and that's like especially the town speed there are a lot of older women in this movie oh. that like like you know they the 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 villagers and stuff and you, you know like they were given the opportunity to you know to to do some stuff on camera and they went for it cuz yeah. like they they you know they throw some chingasos in this <laughs> there's you know there's a, a a part um the, the the scene in the movie where Ricardo goes to like the council or whatever and they're just screaming at him oh and like God. some I of those that scene dude yeah. I think that was the me best too. scene of the whole movie actually yeah me too I was yeah. genuinely stressed out by it like I thought it was really <laughs> well done the and yeah but that's that's what I mean like you can tell that they probably haven't really acted before but the commitment like I have to applaud the commitment because they that's were right. really putting their all into it that's right. And let's juxtapose that with uh, the the assistant for this white British dude um, when she's outside <laughs> of the uh, she's just phoning it in harder than I've ever seen in any anything on real Latinos. Uh-huh. She was just, you know, you can't go in. Sir, that was you can't yeah. Go that in. reminds me of like I said, like I used to when I was in high school. Whenever we had like a project, me and my buddy Greg would be like, "Oh, we're obviously going to do a video project because you know we thought we were you know like Quentin Tarantino and Steven Spielberg when we were sixteen. Um, but it was definitely it definitely felt like when we would make video projects, but we would like we would need someone to fill a role, so we would like pull one of our sisters or something, right? And then and like that, like, like uh... this actress, and I use the word actress very very loosely in this sense. Um, the, the woman that was sitting at this desk very much seemed like she was probably like on the set like for catering or something you know who knows what and they're like okay we need someone in this chair <laughs> and she was just the only body available oh, she definitely man. like like she looked like she couldn't tell if the if the camera was rolling or not right, most of the right, time right so oh, i'm sure man. she's a great person yeah yeah and this you is know? no disparagement to yeah. the character of these people i mean it's just a disparagement to the characters <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah uh, but, but uh no no yeah it's just um yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is with like the budget that you that you're working with. And mm-hmm. you know, they went and they made a film, you know? Like there's that's yeah. something that not many people can say. And uh no I'm just really proud of this 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 group of th- th- this group that just made this movie and they made it happen, you know? Maybe they didn't yeah. have the best actress to to play the 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 front desk uh there for the <laughs> as an assistant, but you know what? They got someone, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh that's that's what's really important here. Um yeah. but yeah, yeah, I just um I was just, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, overall in this whole like idea of like too much to tackle, I just feel like, and when you said that this was supposed to be like a trilogy of Garifuna movies, it all clicked into place for me. Like the idea of, um, you know, going to, uh, like, like the, the exploitation of like the, the tourist, uh, uh, Mm. the tourist industry, tourism, this tourism takeover sort of thing. That in and of itself is, I think that's like the main thing they're trying to tackle in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But they kind of lose us just because of these other two stories that they're also trying to tackle. But so that's one of them. The second one 
was um that of his son and like the idea of like he doesn't know garifuna even though he's the like right. he's the oldest son in in the family he has a younger brother it seems who is also fluent in garifuna mm-hmm. but he's not you know and like and he's asking the family please let's talk about Eng- like let's speak english in the in the mm-hmm. in the table and it's like that in and of itself is a whole other story that i think could right. have its own thing his journey in like participating in the play learning about his own like culture with satie um at one point he's having a conversation with his dad where he's like i want to learn about my culture but i don't want to do it because my dad told me to you know and i think like that idea is like really interesting and really powerful and i think like a lot of first generation immigrants that come into the united states they might be feeling these exact same emotions you know like of like they're kind of lost as to like who they feel like they are and um and like the idea uh, and like bringing in the language, like like the fact that this is going to be a Garifuna mm. specifically, like we're using that language across all three movies, like language was a huge cultural factor um, for the Garifuna people. Right. And so like mm. uh, at least for those living in the United States or even even in, in like back in Honduras where like there's uh, Garifuna children who were speaking Spanish and they were not speaking Garifuna. Right. They're, they were not speaking it well. And that's the whole reason why he wants to make the school like um so that's the second story. And the last story with his daughter, you know, his daughter could have easily been like a coming of age movie. Um, uh, having this relationship with someone who's 10 years older than them um, mm-hmm. and like uh, being like sexually responsible and like how. And like, obviously he's a musician too. Like. Yeah. Yeah, he's a musician. yeah. It's yeah. just like, there's just like three very distinct stories that could be happening here that just are, unfortunately are all packed into this one movie in 99 minutes or 96 minutes or something like that. And so it's like, it's just too much. It's too mm-hmm. much. Um, and the reason why I think it's too much is because I think other movies also have loads of ideas. We just did our Birdman episode. There's lots of right. ideas that like Iñárritu is trying to say in that, but there's one central story that he's saying, but he's only commenting on the, all these other ideas passively hmm. right and yeah. not making it like not trying to make it a bigger thing but here since um uh what's his face uh ruben reyes because he's trying to make all of these like equally important or like build them up really really big it just kind of falls flat unfortunately um so yeah that's the last thing that i wanted to say about um they're just being too much to tackle you know it's just it's just a whole bunch going on here um but from there, let's go on over to the writer director star. I think uh, Ruben Reyes. I'm gonna be honest. Like I think, even though like the screenwriting aspect of it all, I think wasn't like up to snuff. I do think I love the ideas. Like I love the stories that he wanted to tell. These were all really cool, really interesting movies that I would love to see if it was a trilogy. Um, another like a, a, a parallel of what I'm thinking of is um. Uh, Jairo Bustamante, we covered uh, La Llorona with him, and he did a trilogy of movies, all with their own, like, separate idea of what it means to be Guatemalan, or, like, different, like, the sins of Guatemala, you know, um, and I feel like this could have been it, you know, but, um, but yeah, Ruben Reyes, uh, the stories are great, I think his face is amazing, like, I really did want to keep <laughs> on seeing him, like, like any yeah. time he was on screen, I really liked him, he's got, like, uh, a great face those glasses make him look a tinge nerdy which is great you know like, i think he's he's got a presence he reminded me of um of uh, edward james almost in stand and deliver a bit oh yeah like you know yeah, yeah. which i mean could have been because of like the classroom scenes but like yeah that that is kind of like 
the vibe that I got off of him. Right. So, but yeah. Yeah, he's just uh yeah, I think I think he has an incredible face for the camera. I do think the delivery sometimes wasn't super great, but still mm-hmm. like he, like he has a lot of scenes in this movie and even though there are some lows, he's got some highs, you know? Like I especially <laughs> loved and we said it in the last section, but I think the best scene of this whole movie was the community discussion that he had like back when he was in Honduras. Um and everyone talking about like, you know, this is your fault. Like you, the, the whole reason why this is happening is because of you. But he's not letting himself like be trampled over. He's like, no, I like I, I did not do anything wrong here. Like, it's not my fault that my brother did this. And those discussions that he has in that like group setting are amazing. Like, I really, really loved that scene. Um, and I loved the way that he that he did it. So yeah, man. Th- thoughts on thoughts on our, our writer director star here, Ron. Yeah, I mean, so same thing with like the movie taking on too much. I think maybe. He, um, took on he too might much. Have, have, have taken on too much. Um, but because, yeah, like similarly, like I liked the overall idea of, you know, I, I like the, the, the plots. Mm, um, yeah. I don't know that I was 100% into the writing. And another thing, too, it's like sometimes with stuff like this, um, I have to watch a lot of this stuff with, with subtitles. Mm. And I don't know what's lost in translation sometimes you know Mm, um so there is that that i do take into account but um uh yeah some of the story like i i liked him but at the same time like i didn't really feel like he was super strong of a character particularly Mm. um in in the climax when he goes to like um have that meeting and stuff right but i also think that that has a lot to do with how it how it was written not so much like how he was playing it Mm -hmm. um and i mean yeah it's just like it's doing any one of these jobs is difficult um especially for the first time especially with like no money um Mm -hmm. and so but you know him doing all three um yeah like that's 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 a lot to take on and it is you know i mean it's it's hard just to like you know figure out blocking for a shot let alone having to be in the shot that you're trying to block you know yeah um and remember your lines and (laughs) things like that so you know, yeah, I, I, I applaud him for heck just getting it made. Uh, yeah, you know, alone. But um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I do think um, you know, maybe with some refinement, you know, maybe maybe if if maybe someone can can watch this and be like, you know what, I want to give this guy another shot. You know, um, yeah, because who knows too? Like I don't know anything about this guy. He could have been working, you know, yeah, every day and then doing this at night and on weekends and stuff. So, yeah, who knows? You know, yeah, who knows? Um, you know, yeah, if he's given a proper shot, I, I do think that he's, he's got a head for it and he's got a presence and, you know, yeah, I, I would be interested to see if he, if he came up with anything else. Gosh. Yeah. Same. I think he, like, he's got the ideas on lock. He's got like a pretty good performance. And I mean, and like the performance that he gives is after being a writer director already, you know, like, Mm. like being a director is notoriously like grueling, time consuming, decision fatigue you just got so many things on your plate as your director and on top of that like you said you got to learn your lines gosh <laughs> like it's just there's just a whole bunch and yeah. so um yeah. unless you're the british guy and it's just reading after the legal pad that's in front of him. oh yeah <laughs> oh man this british dude leader of the hotels oh man yeah it's just um 
God, yeah. I like that all he had was a yellow legal pad and not like a computer no, in his no fancy computer, office. Or no, none of that. You know, a fancy they, glass desk. Yeah, they have like all like they have the huge property, so much money. But yeah, I just I can mm-hmm. only get a legal pad in here. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. And speaking of that, you're talking about like uh, losing stuff on in translation or, or like with the subtitles. Uh, full disclosure: If you watch this on Tubi, there are no subtitles. So all Garifuna, um, even so, if you're a Spanish speaker, if you go watch the Garifuna, like th- there's no there's no translation whatsoever. So, you know, good luck, <laughs> good luck learning, yeah. uh, finding out what what they're saying. Um, I started off the movie that way, and at first I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like they're not really gonna like translate any of the Garifuna. We're just gonna have to like read into what's happening but then like as the movie kept on going and going i was like wait a minute <laughs> i was like seven minutes in and i'm like no one has spoken any other language i don't know i don't know what's going on um I had a message ron and ron told me yeah go go and rent it <laughs> go go and rent it <laughs> yeah. on amazon google tv or something yeah <laughs> which that i mean yeah like i i purchased it through prime video um and it was only like it was You're less like than it cost to rent bucks? most movies yeah. so yeah. you know yeah, yeah. you know Throw, throw, them, throw them a couple of yeah, bucks. Yeah, dude. You know? Come on. Please, please. Uh, yeah. Fund his next project. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, overall, um, the last thing that I'd like to talk about is like the the relationship of language in this movie. Um, I really do think that I really love the message of like carrying your language and being proud of it. That's like the very first scene that we get. Right. Um, it's. uh it's their mother, so Ricardo and um, what's the brother's name? Uh, Miguel. Miguel, yeah, Ricardo and Miguel's brother. The, the the brothers with their mom, right? And then the mom telling him, like, be proud of who you are, speak the language that you speak, um, and like that. Obviously, I think I think that might be like a real uh memory that Ruben may have had because he is mm. an actual Garifuna language professor teacher, and so it's like, you know, that obviously was a big big moment for him, and so. And I think anything that has to do with language in this movie is very well done. Like, I love the idea of like, um, you know, like in this house, like you have to speak Garifuna. You're in Garifuna, yes. so you should speak Garifuna. Like, it's like a big thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Sorry, go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. What, what, well, no, it was just, yeah, I really liked that stuff too. Like, um, I the, the scene around the dinner table and the one kid is like, can we speak English? And he's like, no, this you know, mm-hmm. we speak Garifuna in this house. Or and like, I, what flag is that? What, what do you? What flag? Is yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was a nice touch. And then, um, and actually too, like there, there are a couple moments where like a flag was focused on, and it was you know like uh, whether it was the Union yeah. Jack or, or whatever. Yeah, you know? the Union Jack when he's um, back in Honduras. In Honduras. Oh gosh. Anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But the other one, um, it was the other teacher when uh, the the playwright when they're going through oh, the yeah, play, yeah, 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 and that he was going um, back and forth with, with the kid. He was like, "Oh, you're 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 speaking it with an American accent." The kid's like, "Well, I'm an American." Yeah, he's like, American, oh, you're, yeah. "You're Garifuna American. You're Garifuna first. You're American oh, second. And that. like, I like that is such a real sentiment for um, for for people of like mixed nationalities or mm-hmm. um or like you know um like transplants and, and and things like that like those were the the things that I really really wanted to get into because especially you know um as someone that's second generation second third generation someone that's mixed mm-hmm. race and stuff there is a lot of you know conflict there uh, especially when you know with regarding like identity and heritage and things like that and i appreciate when things like that are are, are brought up and you know um to again to to bring up 
um, in Yoritu, and you know that's a big that was a big thing in Bardo, and the Oof. thing that we you know I think that we we both really responded to there was that push and pull between the two generations and what it meant to be you know Mexican versus Mexican American, and mm -hmm. you know um, and I do think that there are a lot of really strong ideas in this. Um, I do wish that they would have gotten explored more. But um, but yeah, that was some of my favorite bits, and doing it through language, I thought was um was really well done. Yeah, I love that that quote. By the way, firstly you're Garifuna, secondly you're American. I was like, yo, <laughs> like that is mm -hmm. that is a pretty like strong sentiment to do because a lot of like uh first generation people that come into the United States, it's always like whatever like their heritage is, and then American. So there's Mexican Americans, right. Chilean Americans, uh Paraguayan mm -hmm. Americans. It's not American Paraguayan. It's not American Mexican, right? It's like mm -hmm. first, like your cultural heritage, then the American aspect of it, and how like how like that clash happens across the generations would have been awesome. Would have been awesome to see this movie. Mm. Yeah, oh man. And I also think like this whole like there's a really interesting dynamic here that this is a total like it's a Honduran production. It's a Honduran film filmed in the U.S. and in Honduras. Mm. Yeah, with Gar which with is really cool. Yeah, with a Garifuna like perspective. what? What an undertaking! You yeah, know, this like, was insane. Like the, yeah. I think they said like the director said like they, they were in L.A. Uh, mm -hmm. for like the for the U.S. scenes, and then they were down in Honduras for the Honduran scenes. Um, it's just a wow, wow. Like I really think this is a big undertaking, and it's really really interesting to see, uh, especially like how the language uh like was be like. Like, like, like what what I'm trying to say is when I first put the movie on w with the right subtitles, uh, I thought like, okay, we're in this classroom where we're learning Garifuna, but then when he's translating, he's translating to English and I was like, what's going on here? Like what, why, like this is a hundred film. I thought we were going to be like, and then, and then like he does another translation and it was Garifuna into, into Spanish. And I was like, oh mm -hmm. wow. Like this person's like perfectly trilingual. And I think it's amazing to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, I just think, um, uh, well, I had a note here, the idea of specifically only speaking your native language seems like such a fight for identity and prevention, prevention of loss of your own culture. This happens a lot in the United States with immigrant parents. And I put, seems like a privilege to not have to worry about that at all. You know, like yeah. if you don't have to worry about even like keeping your language alive, like, like people that come into the United States from Latin American countries who speak Spanish, they already have a tough time with it. Now imagine speaking a language that's like basically dying with like, what do you say? There was like only 50, 5,000 Garifuna people that went and then like half of them died. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so there's such a few amount of people that speak this language and, and the son says like, why should I learn it? Like, I'm not going to use it ever. And there's just such an interesting dynamic there and how like there's major privilege in terms of like, if you speak English, you don't have to worry about that at all. Like English at this point is just like a international language that so yeah. many people speak. And so um, it's just such a privilege that you get to have that. And then like the juxtaposition of this language is basically dying. And um, the, the father Ricardo is trying to like keep it alive while his son just doesn't see any, like reason to use it at all and i think it's awesome i think it's like a really really interesting story there yeah yeah <sighs> anyways <laughs> I, uh i think that might be all the major points that we had for today 
Um, so why don't we go ahead and go into our final thoughts and ratings? So Ron, give us your final thoughts and your rating for Garifuna and Peligro. Yeah. Um, so we already mentioned it is, you know, super, super, super low budget. Um, you could tell that, um, for the most part, everyone involved in this, this was their first experience with filmmaking, um, which sometimes can, it can be a negative. Sometimes it can be distracting how mm-hmm. amateur, I guess, um, a, a filmmaking style or, or, or the acting is or whatever. Um, but I also give it a lot of grace um, because if, if this was, you know, a $50 million budgeted movie and the exact same product came out, I would be a lot more harsh with it. Or if it was something with, you know, um, with people with a lot of credits to to their names and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, that being said, uh, I did enjoy quite a bit of, of what was on the screen. I did. Um, I think that there are a lot of um, really good ideas, really. Um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Um, really relatable um, yes. things that are, that are, being discussed or at least attempted in 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 this Um, and uh you know yeah i just uh, again like i have to applaud them for 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 getting it made um and you know we we talked a bit at the beginning you know the whole a, a big part of why we do this show is because um i one just like being mexican american i have huge blind spots in my own um cultural heritage mm-hmm. and i know like th- before watching this movie the only thing i knew about honduras was where it is on a map and that lisa lopez from tlc died there in a bus accident <laughs> oh, that is literally the only thing i knew about honduras mm-hmm. b- before going into this and now like i know at least you know a bit about right you know um what garifuna is and that in and of itself, I think, is is enough of of an accomplishment for for me to give this three stars. Wow, that's fantastic! Yeah, man, like I I I'm right there with you. Like honestly, I don't know too much about Honduras. Like I, um, I mean, I know it's capital Tegucigalpa. <laughs> I know, um, lots of Catholics there, thanks to the yeah. to the Spanish. You know, like I, like I know all these like very base like very surface level things about Honduras. Um, but getting to learn about this, this indigenous culture of the Garifuna, I think was pretty amazing. You know, like I never heard of these, I've never heard of the language, the people, um, or the, the history behind it. Like when they were talking about like, you know, like there were slave ships that came, but the, the people on board fought back and we were never slaves. And like, like they, they, um, like learning about all those things, I thought, I thought was an amazing like thing that they were doing again, I think that they were like, this would have been great for that second movie. Right. With, with the, with the song. Right. Um, but like they touch on these things and I do think that I learned some of that stuff too. Yeah. Like it's just a uh, really interesting, really, really interesting. Um, so yeah. Wow. Three stars from Ron, three stars, uh, for myself, I think, um, for my like final notes, this is one of the few like Afro Latino movies that we've covered. And I think it's like super sorely underrepresented in, in just in film in general, you know, like if, like if Latinos are already underrepresented in the U S like Afro Latinos, like double that, you know, it's just like, um, but I'm really glad that we have this, we have this, uh, 
uh, in our catalog now as well. I think I think that's great. Um, again, I do think that like the script was a little jumbled. You know, too many plots going on. Focus on one and go dive deep in it rather than trying to have too many. Um, because I also think like one of the reasons why I think that he was doing this is because it seems like, and I don't know if he's doing this or not, but if he's doing this, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ruben Reyes. I think he was trying to do a parallel of like his character, Ricardo and Satouye. Hmm. And I'm just like, I, I see what you're trying to do here, man, but I don't know yeah. if it's landing all that well. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about how Satya is such a great person, like, oh boy, you better come correct with like like with the with what's being said here, right? And so like I can see why he wanted to have those two stories, maybe so he could have that parallel. Um, I just don't think it really uh hit as is hard for me. Um and so and then ultimately, uh the la- like one of the last things I'll say is um I think like if they were to dive deeper into just like the first story, the main story that they were talking about with like, excuse me, with the main story that they were talking about of uh, the tourism uh, that's taking over and like how that's affecting the Garifuna people. I think it's so interesting that what they could have gone with is like, they're showing how this British guy is the leader of these hotels in Honduras. And it would have been really interesting to see like this juxtaposition of like maybe the Honduran people have allowed outside influence to come in and make these hotels and like the Honduran government allowed this to happen. But we, the Garifuna like community, are not going to let that happen. Not for ourselves. Uh Uh-uh. Get out of here. You know, that would have been a really interesting like message to say, you know, like Honduras as a country may have done this, but the Garifuna community will not like stand by this. I thought that would have been really great, but you know unfortunately uh we we don't get that but again like that's not the movie's fault like i'm just putting some sort of like expectation on the movie that mm-hmm. i shouldn't be there so you know um and uh, so the last last thing that i want to do is i wanted to p- compare this movie to last week's movie mala crianza both really low budget both from very small countries both uh you know for i think first time directors uh both making a movie like actually going out and making the movie and i think where mala crianza edges over for me garifuna and peligro is that mala crianza it, it, again all back to the writing i think mala crianza had a focused message that it wanted to do and it didn't stray too far away from that story uh but because garifuna and peligro does have too many stories to juggle Unfortunately, I'm down to two and a half stars for this movie. I did want to like it more. I do, I really do appreciate like all that I did learn from it. Like that is like four, four and a half stars in terms of like the learning that I did in terms of like the uh, uh, Undurin culture that happens, like the Undurin culture there for the Garifuna people. But other than that, I just felt like from a filmmaking aspect, man, I just wish. I wish they just would have done one more pass through on the script. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But two and a half stars, it's not, it's not, it's not too bad either. And no, it's, like, it's fine. It's neither here nor there. There's no sugar, you know, like it's, it's yeah. nothing like that for me. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, you know, Guti's not here to defend baseball. So, you know, <laughs> I, I got to get him when I can. But um, uh, yeah, so two and a half stars for me for Garifuna and Peligro. Uh, overall, you know, pretty like still positive. You know, I think we we had really positive things to say. Um so yeah yeah uh 
make sure to tell us how we're wrong and how uh, we we we, <laughs> yeah. we we definitely should change our opinion uh, by writing in to reallatinos at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L-L-A-T-I-N-O-S at gmail.com. Uh, just to let us know your thoughts on Garifuna Peligro or any movie that we covered or just anything at all. If you want to say hi, uh, go ahead and, and just give us, a, give us an email. Um, so now, next week. Next week, we have a pretty big episode planned. I hope you have a couple hours to spare because we're not doing one, but we're doing two movies. Two movies uh, after the hit that was um, from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, with our real Latinas, uh, we got real jealous, and we said we cannot. We 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 gotta we gotta get some of that sweet sweet clout. So we're digging back into the Robert Rodriguez uh, canon, and we'll be covering Spy Kids and Spy Kids Two uh, with uh, I think first time guests on the show. We're gonna be having Ty and Danny from the Rank Kings podcast uh, to cover these films. Uh, full disclosure. I grew up watching Spy Kids, so uh, I grew up watching Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I grew up with that stuff, and so like you know, who knows? Have my opinions changed? We'll see. We'll see. Full disclosure: I did not. <laughs> I was already an adult when these movies came out. So yeah, for for those listening in, Ron is sixty five years old, um, getting that uh, senior discount over at Denny's. Yeah. But um, yeah, Spy Kids, Spy Kids next week, Spy Kids one and two. So make sure that you yeah. you uh fire up that Netflix because uh Spy Kids 1 is on Netflix and Spy Kids 2 I think is also on Netflix. It's also on it's Netflix. It's also on Netflix. So mm-hmm. um check them both out. Uh meet up with the Cortezes and see what what kind of dashly uh deeds they're doing. Um any sort of uh, adventures that they're having. So yeah, we'll see you next week to cover Spy Kids and Spy Kids 2 uh with the rankings podcast boys ty and danny so ron where can people find you on the internet i'm on letterbox just my name ron jimenez and you can find me on letterbox with my initials i v m that's i v as in videos m as in movies thank you so much everybody for joining us for yet another wonderful episode of real latinos los queremos mucho nos vemos hasta la próxima y adios adios heck yeah Real Latinos is a podcast written produced and hosted by Christian Gutierrez, Ron Jimenez and Ismael Villegas Morena mixed and edited by Ron Jimenez artwork provided by Lizbeth Jimenez, Ron Jimenez and Ismael Villegas Morena original music provided by Toro Lomata muchas gracias y hasta la próxima